0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners and is designed to get us into God's Word for, oh, at least about 12 or 13 minutes each day and keep us focused on our spiritual lives by doing so. And also to help us stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, It helps also keep us connected in our relationship with God. You know people who need that connection. They need to turn their focus around in their lives. They need to start thinking about their souls, their spiritual lives, their relationship with God. Share these short studies with them. Share them with them on a regular basis. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe some other technological means. But share with them you may help them get on the right road that will lead them to eternal life in heaven you may help them turn their lives around spiritually share with your family members your friends your work associates your neighbors literally anybody and everybody you can be a great blessing to them by sharing these short studies so do that we're talking about being down in the dumps spiritually. The spiritual doldrums. The spiritual Monday morning blahs. Is that where you're at right now? You know, this is a time that's really trying on people emotionally. But also, it can be very trying spiritually. We need to recognize the dangers of letting ourselves become, oh, just... Negative in our thinking and letting ourselves fall into those spiritual blahs, a kind of state of depression spiritually, to be in the doldrums, to lack the drive and the positive thinking that we need to keep ourselves doing God's work, being faithful to Him being dedicated to him on an active and consistent basis. We've been looking at the first chapter in Paul's second letter to Timothy. Again, as he addresses these two letters, first Timothy and second Timothy, Paul addresses Timothy as his son. Now we're to understand that on a spiritual level, not physically or biologically, but Paul was a great mentor to Timothy. And Timothy worked right alongside Paul, along with Titus also, in spreading the gospel, helping establish congregations, helping strengthen congregations and individual Christians as they went about doing their work as Paul an apostle, but also Timothy and Titus as ministers of the gospel. When Paul writes the second letter to Timothy, Paul's in jail again, in prison in Rome, and while this is the second time he was released the first time, this time Paul seems to indicate he doesn't expect to get out this time. When he writes the letter to the Philippians, in Philippians chapter 1, that's the first time he was in jail in Rome, and he indicates there, he expects that he'll probably be released. And he was. But in this letter, Second Timothy, he expresses the it sounds like the belief that he's probably going to be executed so maybe timothy is feeling some effects of not being able to be with paul on the regular personal level and basis that he had been enjoying for so many years working right alongside him as kind of his right-hand man in spreading the gospel in working with congregations And so this mentor, this spiritual mentor, was cut off from him to a great extent because he was in jail. And so the first chapter of 2 Timothy, Paul reminds Timothy in verse 6, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying out of my hands. And then he goes on in verse 7 and says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. And so Paul's saying, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of me being a prisoner right now for simply teaching the gospel of Christ. And don't you be ashamed of the gospel. Maybe Paul was detecting a bit of a lethargy at this point in Timothy's spiritual life. Maybe, maybe he was recognizing that it looks like maybe Timothy was going through the spiritual blahs and maybe something of a spiritual depression at this time, and perhaps largely because his mentor was in jail, and so he could not be with him as much as he had been experiencing and enjoying in the years past. Paul says in verse 11, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles." And he says, for this reason, I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day, until the Lord comes again. And so in saying, I'm not ashamed, even though I'm in jail for preaching the gospel, perhaps he was trying to get a, you know, kind of a psychological message to Timothy, don't you be ashamed. Well, maybe not exactly saying that directly to him, but encouraging him. In verse 13, he goes on and says, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Hold fast. Again, maybe words of encouragement, maybe detecting in Timothy, maybe the slightest bit of drawing back and not being as aggressive in teaching the gospel and being that example of Christianity that he had been and that Paul had mentored him into being. So hold fast the pattern of sound words. You stay with it. You keep at it. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Remember who you are. Remember what you are. Remember the abilities that God has blessed you with. Use those on an ongoing basis. And then Paul talks about some who have turned away from him, apparently since he was put into prison, perhaps thinking, maybe I better distance myself from from Paul because he's been incarcerated. I might get arrested if I'm too closely associated with him. And then in verse 16, he says, the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when it, when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. And so he contrasts this particular Christian man with some of the others who have left him. He says, no, no, this one, he, he, would, he often refreshed me. He was there for me. Apparently, he would visit him and encourage him. And sometimes just by visiting with a struggling brother or sister in Christ, we can be a tremendous encouragement to them spiritually. Emotionally, yes. Psychologically, yes. But also spiritually. In chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. He says, you keep on doing the work that I trained you to do and that we were doing together for so long a period of time. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Yes, Timothy might face some very trying times personally, because of his dedication to Christ, in teaching the gospel on an ongoing basis. And Paul says, you must endure hardship. Well, he was probably enduring some hardship right then because of Paul's incarceration. And so he could not be with his spiritual father side by side on an ongoing basis, to the extent that he had been for so long. Paul goes on in verse 4 of chapter 2 and says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. He's telling Timothy, you stay in there. You keep living by the teachings of, of god's word don't you give up on that don't you start compromising notice in verse 6 he says the hard-working farmer must be must be first to partake of the crops could he be encouraging timothy you be a hard worker in the gospel spiritually consider what i say and may the lord give you understanding in all things and again, maybe this was a subtle and very tactful way that Paul was saying, think about these things that I'm writing to you at this time. Make the personal applications where they need to be made. In verse 8, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains, but the word of God is not chained. Now, Paul, he was in jail, but God's word was not in jail. How it was there in that it was in the mind of Paul, but it was not shut up in prison. Timothy still knew the word of God. He could still be out there teaching. And so Paul's telling him, you do that, you keep it on, you keep on doing what you were trained to do. In verse 10 he says, uh, rather in verse 11, this is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Again, maybe encouraging Timothy, stay strong in the faith. Even if you are put to death, or if I'm put to death, Paul might be saying, I'm going to arise. I'm going to be with the Lord in eternity in heaven. And so will you be if you stay faithful to him. Even if you might face execution somewhere down the road, In verse 14, remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers, but be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Stay in the word, Timothy, and tell everybody you're working with to keep studying God's word diligently, so that you can understand correctly and handle and apply correctly those teachings to your individual lives. Let's pray together. Father, help us to stay in your word and help us to understand it clearly and make the right applications to our lives and to teach it accurately to others around us and to help them see the example of faithful living by your word in our lives and thereby help them be faithful and strong spiritually. Please guide us and help us in this, Father. And may you be glorified through our lives. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Christ's name, amen.